welcome to the latest episode of the Hartlepool United podcast. Um, it's fair to say, since this podcast started, we haven't ever been short of things to talk about. Um, delighted to say that for the first time this afternoon, I'm joined by the chairman, Raj Singh. Good afternoon. Afternoon, Mark. And alongside um, Mr Singh are Mark McGuire, the chief executive. Um, we've got Richard Money, who your official title now, Richard, is... We're making that up as we go along, aren't we? Well, so, uh, senior advisor on the football. Well, let's make a really long title up. And we'll okay, fair enough. And Craig Hignett, who is now the first team manager once again at the Super Six Stadium. So, gents, as I say, obviously plenty to talk about. And, Chairman, I guess we have to start with you. Can you talk us through the events of this week from your point of view and just give us a little bit of background about how we reached the point that we're at right now? Well, I think it's fair to say last couple of results, um, you know, we, we they weren't as as we expected them to be. So after the game on Saturday, we were all having a good chat, and Richard came up, and we had a you know a little talk through how the chain of events, and I think it's fair to say everybody was disappointed with the result, uh, and at that time, you know, I was 110% behind Richard because it's only sort of eight games in, in, into his into his tenure here that uh, we but at the same time we thought you know something needs to needs to be done or what what it can be done mm. so we're discussing things you know such as that but I was also mindful that it was straight after the game and sometimes people you know say things that in heat at the moment or so sort of say emotions are running high that sort of speak so on the way home when I was driving I thought I thought, well, hang on, we need to, you know, have a have a sit, sit around the table and have a chat, and so I rang Mark and Mark arranged a meeting for Sunday morning, when we all got around the table and had a bit of breakfast, and uh, and everybody was, you know, pleasantly honest and open with each other, uh, and especially Richard. So, and that's how how we sort of started to talk. Well, what's our best way forward? Um, because at that time, even you know, there was no chance you could change the manager at the time because it was it was only eight games into the you know into his into the into the job. So we were trying to throw ideas around. As I said, everybody was very honest, especially Richard, and uh, we, we we started discussing different ways of going forward. And I'll let Mark pick up on the rest of it. Yeah, no, I think I think so. It's. Um from our, from our point of view, and, and listen, the, the idea of this podcast um, today, and as well as the rest of them, is for open, honest, transparent discussion about what's going on at the club. And there'll be a perception out there from different factions of fans. There'll be those who um, think that we're lunatics and that we're clowns and that the whole thing's a mess. And there'll be those who can see the rationale and the sense in the decisions that have been made this week. Ultimately... I think we're all acutely aware that however many words we use and however well we speak or badly we speak on these podcasts, its results on the pitch will dictate the percentage of people who think that we're either very, very clever or we're not very clever at all. So we're fully aware of that and it's got to come from the pitch. I think that the reality though is that the challenge here remains the same. So the challenge is to address the long-term decline of the football club over the last few years. Um, in terms of its infrastructure, in terms of some very specific challenges which are kind of one-off challenges because of the league status we face now. So 
the academy side, for example. Um, the academy side needs completely reinventing because there's no funding for it next year and we have to find a break-even business model which continues to produce players for the football club. Um, on the performance side, there are significant challenges to reinvent and restructure the performance side so that we've got the fittest, the strongest, best prepared players in the division. And, and despite the reputation and history of Hartlepool United, it's safe to say that we believe that we can look at and try and improve that. Um, similarly, on the recruitment side, the recruitment side has to be structured and planned in such a way that we've got the best database, the best knowledge of players who originate from the northeast and who will do a job in case a need arises for, for example, a left back or a right back or whatever, that we've got a list ready to go. And, and over a number of years, it's been the case that those things haven't necessarily been in place. So when we went through the interview process a few weeks ago, um, we thought and the general strategy of the club was to try and find a young manager, um, somebody who would grow with the club. But having met Richard, um, having had a very good and very challenging conversation with him over the course of the interview, he alerted us or woke us up to the reality that we would benefit from his experience. Um, we benefit from the knowledge he had of getting a club to grips with the level that we're now at and putting the things in place that would be required to allow us to challenge because our ambition is to go back to the, the Football League. Those challenges, those that experience is very much the case and still the case of what we require and we still feel very strongly that we'll benefit from Rich's experience. now. Inevitably, that has to be balanced against the short term, as the chairman alluded to about the results in that, let's talk plainly, we need to win another five games to be safe and then we would like to win more than that to give ourselves half a chance of, of the other end of the table. Um, we can't ignore the short term whilst planning for the long term and so those are the challenges that we face and address every single day of the week between us. And the beauty of this as a football club is that, and, and I've never been in a better environment in this respect, is that there's always a continual open and very, very honest discussion all of the time. And it's safe to say that over the last couple of weeks it's felt like there's perhaps um, the need to have a look at where we are across the board to make sure we've got the right things in place to give ourselves the best opportunity in the long term and the short term. And to be fair to Richard, it was when the chairman arranged the meeting on, on Sunday, Richard came to the meeting and, and threw out a challenge to us all to think about, which was essentially, well, OK, these are the things that need to be achieved. This is what the squad can do, in, in his opinion, this season. This is how we need to potentially approach it from the football side in the short term. But don't ignore those challenges that you've got. And perhaps we need to think a bit more radically about this and perhaps thinking about the roles that we've got. Maybe we've got the right people in the building in, in the wrong roles. Um, and that was a, a surprise in, in, in some respects to, uh, certainly to Craig, I think it was a surprise um, at that point. It was something which there'd been little discussions about across the board in, in previous weeks, but it was something that was a, a good challenge to us in terms of thinking, well, Okay, let's absorb that, let's think about it and let's have a sensible adult conversation about it because the, the one thing that resonates in that is that, and the, the chairman will probably uh, underline this, is that for successful businesses to succeed, um, you need the right people in the right positions, delivering value for money, delivering 
on on a strategy and adhering to what the philosophy or the requirements of that business are. Um, and so it was it was something that we then entered a series of discussions about over a period of time over the, the next couple of days, several meetings. God knows how many conversations over the phone, obviously. Um, and came back to the table and it f began to feel that there, there was certainly sense in it um, because those challenges are very real and very now. Um, and equally, from, from Craig's point of view, um, when he took charge of the team um, as a, on a caretaker basis, he'd had a good impact on the team. Um, he'd been really unlucky to lose the game against Dagenham. We got the result at Maidenhead and um, has the qualities in terms of the profile of, of manager that we discussed in terms of the long-term philosophy to potentially bring something to the table. So the result of all of those conversations were we started to come up with a plan which felt more comfortable for us and felt very comfortable with us as a club. And, and whilst we know that there'll be a perception out there about it, it's tough, brave decisions that we've made, but we, we believe that we've got a structure in place now that will give us the best chance of achieving all of the things that we've got to achieve as, uh, at the club in, in the long term. Richard, from your point of view, I mean, how quickly did it become evident to you that you could perhaps benefit the club in a, in a slightly different capacity? Uh, probably the day after I arrived. That soon? Not long after, if I'm totally honest. Um, and I think the thing was to chat, I've spent quite a bit of time talking with Craig since I've been here and trying to find really where his mind's at, what it is he really wanted to do, um, and then start to think about the support that we could put around him you know, should the opportunity for him to be the manager again at some stage occurred. And um, I don't work very comfortably when all I'm thinking about is the last game or the next one coming up. I don't think football works like that. And I never thought, I suppose I never realised just how much focus there would be on the short term here and now. Um, I recognise that, you know, a part of the reason for giving me the job as manager would be because of my record in giving clubs a bounce, which is good. It hasn't happened here, uh, for whatever reason. And I think once, once I felt in my mind that, um, for me, the more importance was what happens in the longer term I suppose I started to think outside the box a little bit and the decision and discussion was instigated by me I think that's fair to say um, I don't think anyone around the table expected it on Sunday morning um, and the more and more I spoke about it the more and more I thought about it thought about it the more and more sense I made to myself and I hope that that resonated with the, with the others. When I took the job at Luton in 2009, part of the interview process was to show me a Luton 2020 vision. That was 11 years ago. And that Luton 2020 vision was to be in the championship by 2020. They're on course, they will be there. But we also had a very, very frank discussion. The toughest hurdle is the first one. The toughest hurdle is the National League. Oxford had been in the league five years. They actually won the playoff that we lost in the semi-final. 
and went up after five years. And we set the challenge that it wouldn't take us five years to get up. We set the challenge that we would be in the playoffs or around the playoffs and challenging every year based on the assumption that eventually you'd go up. That's what this league is. They went up after five years. Wrexham have been in here eight. Cambridge were in here for nine. And I sense there's a real feeling around the whole club that this is just going to happen. It is not and it won't. So the long term is more important than what happens at the weekend. And so my judgment call was to throw this out there to allow me to focus on what needs to be focused on. So that come the summer, the chairman is more happy than he is now investing his money in a structure that he think has a chance of going forward in the right way. Because at the minute, I really can't believe that this was a football league club 18 months ago. And I think probably even the chairman will um, begin to understand that he never really understood what he was putting his money into. So now we've got to change that. We've got to start all over again. Um, and my job over the next few months till the end of the season is to work with Mark, work with all the people at the club to come up with an action plan for all the structures, all the departments within the football side of the, fo of the business. Um, and then obviously try and sell it to the chairman because it's absolutely crucial and vital that that work is done. Now, 10 years ago, I would have been able to do all that and manage the team. Okay. Now I can't. One, because I'm a bit older. Two, because whatever size of football club you are, there is so much work to do these days if you want to get it right and you want the right structures and you want people working in the right way. As you do in any business, there is so much work to do. So when I threw it out there, um, having already challenged Craig in the recent past, I was very comfortable and confident that, that, that Craig would be the right one to take the job as manager and for me to, to do all the other stuff that's, that, that's needed. Look, it is outside the box. I don't want anyone out there thinking that um, anyone's pushed me in the back or stabbed me in the back or, you know, has done anything untoward. This is this is this this discussion came from me. It's my decision or it's my suggestion. I'm really comfortable with it. I'm happy with it. And to be perfectly honest with you, I think it's one of the most common sense decisions that I've ever been part of. Craig, from your point of view, obviously the changes, you know, obviously you've been in and around the training ground with Richard over the last eight weeks or so. This this now changes, I guess, your your role and, and your approach to things. Well, I've really enjoyed working with Richard and I've seen things that, you know, I haven't seen for, for ages, proper coaching and um, a plan on what you want to do with, with players, individuals, teams. Um, so it's been really beneficial from my point of view and like I say I've, I've really enjoyed working with Richard a lot he has challenged me he's made me think about things a bit differently um, obviously on the Sunday when it was mentioned it was it did come as a surprise to me um, but then going back to my discussions with not only Richard but the chairman and Mark as well about it um, 
uh, the rethink. So I've I've gone on record in the past as saying yeah. I do want to be a manager. I, I do love the coaching. I want to be a manager, but not here. And the reasons I said that was because I was here for the chairman to to protect his interests, to to make sure he wasn't getting ripped off, basically. Um, and then as we, we got on with, with the discussions, Richard had, had challenged me and said to me, look, what do you want to do? And I've told him, and he said, well, where do you think you're going you're gonna to get a job? And he's right, because, you know, obviously what happened here last time, we were, um, I didn't want to be tarnished with what happened here last time. I wanted to go somewhere with a clean slate and people judge you from the off um, with a clean piece of, piece of paper, which wouldn't happen here, but... And Richard's quite right, and he said to me, well, where else are you going to go? So what other club are you going to go and, and be a manager for? So I had to think about it, and it's, you know, you, people who you know, people who you know in the game, they're probably the only ones who I'd, I'd go and, and get employed by. And then the chairman and, and Mark had said to me, where else are you going to go where you know the people in charge, you, you trust the people in charge, they're going to give you every bit of support that you need. Um, and obviously I've got someone like Richard to go to and and ask his advice and his experience because he's been out of this league and he's been out of the one above. So everything that I needed to be in place at a football club to make it a success, I think now, is in place here. And I have had, you know, I've had to go and have a have a long hard look at myself and think, if it, is it something I really want to do? And, and yes, it is. Um, is this the right club? Well, I haven't spoke to Richard and I haven't spoke to, to the chairman and to Mark. Yes, it is. So why wouldn't I want to do it? I mean, I, I go around saying this is a great job for someone. Never really thinking about it for <laughs> myself. But then when you're actually made to think about it, this is a great job for someone. And um, and I'm excited to be doing it. Now I've I've got my head around everything. Um, Chairman, just, just as a... I'll try and phrase this carefully, I guess, but in terms of perception from supporters and perhaps from the outside, can you understand why people may look at it and think, Boy Hartlepool's in a bit of chaos up there. What's going on? But I think that that would usually happen anyway when you when you change a manager after five, six weeks. And on the face of that, Richard just sort of touched on it briefly, but you know, we had a bit of a game bit of a game plan, because you can't make too much of a game plan at an interview and after yeah. after a few hours. And I think I've been on record as saying that if Richard thought if we get two or three players, we might still have a chance of the playoffs. He walks through the door, and the first thing he hears is the club captain wants to leave. So straight away, there's half your game plan gone. Then, as um, Craig's mentioned in one of the previous podcasts as well, you know, another player comes to him and says, I don't want to play here anymore because I'm sick and tired of the fans slating me. Now, so Richard's game plans out of the window. So if people don't know these things, they're just saying, right, we're changing the manager again after five weeks or six weeks. But the answer to that is, how many clubs would you say have actually gone, the you know, the four main, four or five main people in the club have actually been up and honest with each other and made a decision for the benefit of the club? Um, I keep hearing, it's a, you know, it, it, it's still no better than last year. Well, I can tell people it's 110% better than last year. Um, so it's going to take time. I think everybody keeps saying that. It is going to take time. I appreciate that. And Richard just said just said there that, you know, he wasn't here for the short term. But unfortunately, short term does dictate long term. 
so that's why it's been a bit of a pressure on getting results this year but that I understand Richard's reasons I've just gave you a couple there there's, there's been others so that's why the change had to make uh, changes had to be made and I think look only time will tell you can get any manager any any club um, you know you, you, you look higher up the ladder Man United now is you know, well, he's the best manager ever lived but record He's gone on seven straight wins. You could argue, well, he's had an easy run. You could argue that he's doing something right. Mm-hmm. But the fact is, he's made history at Manchester United. So you need that look. You need these bricks. <laughs> You're looking at me when you're saying that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the fact is, he's made history. No pressure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if you could just do eight breaks. <laughs> yeah, the fact is, he's made history. So the managers need those lucky breaks. The managers need, you know. And I, look, I, I said it earlier, and I'll say it again. The fact that... We had such an honest discussion Sunday morning and we're trying to look, make the best decision for the club. Because I wasn't going to sack Richard this week. No way. I would have had to stick with him. So Richard could have just stayed there and lost another three or four games. Right? Then I would have had a call to make. Yeah. Right? So if I made that call then... Then somebody else had come in. All of a sudden, that job wouldn't have been as attractive to to the new manager. We would have had to go back to, you know, Captain Ante Craig again. Yeah. That, so it would have been a struggle. So the fact the way we've done it this way for me, it, it's the best solution, and hopefully it'll prove to be the right right uh, right decision. And I've always I've always said it. I'm a firm believer in you can only make decisions that you feel right at the time, and there's only time tells whether it's the right decisions or not. Mark, you've talked a lot about, you know, not just on the podcasts, but, you know, in the talk, and we had pre-season about delivering, you know, value for money in terms of what the chairman's putting into the club. Yeah. How much does it change the club's strategy, the 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 alteration in this, the reshuffle here? Does it does it, does it affect the strategy? No, no, I think, so one, one of the only things I disagree with, which has been said so far, and he'll, he'll agree with me straight away, was what Richard described the chairman's, um, the money that he's putting in his investment, and I think we're all agreed. And I think we discussed this after the yeah, last podcast. Yeah. It's not an investment; it's a donation. Um, so, the, the the priorities here, and I think I speak for Richard and Craig and myself. The priorities here are the loyal fans and the chairman. And 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 by that I mean the support that's been shown to the club over a period of time, and the fans saving the club last year, and the the numbers that they turn up in we feel very strongly that we need to do justice to their club in the long term as its custodians now. Equally, we feel very strongly that the chairman has committed an awful lot of money, it's for him to talk about it, not me, but an awful lot of money already to clear up a right old mess. We'll have to put an awful lot more money in before the end of the season to continue and we'll commit an awful lot of money next season as well to provide a competitive playing budget that's money that he would not expect to ever see again so that's a major major thing now with that comes from my point of view from Richard's point of view from Craig's point of view a significant amount of responsibility and and the responsibility means that we will make strong business decisions strategic decisions in line with the vision that we've described as you quite rightly say at the in pre-season in podcasts in um, 
program notes, yeah. in, in interviews, etc., 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 and and nothing, nothing will divert us from that. So we have to come to terms with the fact that we're in the National League. Rich has described um, very eloquently the clubs and the challenges, the eight years of Wrexham, the five years at Oxford, etc., etc. And if we think that we've got a divine right as Hartlepool United just because of the history to bump ourselves back up to the EFL, then we, we're deluded and we're not doing justice to the fans or the chairman. So whatever the tough decisions that we need to make to fulfil and pursue that strategy, we'll make. Now, Richard said to me, honesty, in the, in the last 24 hours, well, looking at the scope of works that he's undertaking in this revised role, how the hell were you going to achieve that without me stepping into this role? And the answer is I'd have struggled. I would, within the timescales, because we've got three months to reinvent the academy. We've got three months. So we've promised the fans and we've promised everybody in our strategy that we'll, produce a, we'll, we'll have a club which sticks by its academy and produces players for the long term. And, and that potentially is a bit of a reward in terms of reducing how much money the chairman's got to put in over the next year or so. So if we're going to do that, that needs reinventing here and now. And let's be honest, that would have been a struggle, but we will not be diverted from the strategy which we've articulated and which we've talked about now. I'm fully, fully aware that there'll be people listening to this who think, well, that's all good words and whatever, but it's a shambles or it's this or it's that. And the only thing that will convince a proportion of fans is results on the pitch. That's the nature of football. Mm. I'm a clown if if we're losing matches and it doesn't matter if I've done a decent deal this week for stagecoach. This and, and the result at Arrogate and the result against Telford make me look worse at my my job than I possibly am. These lot can fault. comment on that. When it's not your no, fault. No. And so that's <laughs> listen, I'm not complaining about that. That's the nature of that's the nature of football. That is the nature of football. Yeah, yeah. So Singh doesn't know what he's doing. Yeah. CEO doesn't know what he's doing. It's a shambles, etc. Because that's that's the nature of football. Yeah. What we have to and what's the, the, the absolute blessing about this as an organisation at the moment, and I'll repeat it and repeat it again, is that there's an openness and a transparency and an ability to have difficult, challenging conversations which make decisions in the best interests of the football club. And by the football club, I mean the fans and its long term and the chairman who's donating a ridiculous amount of money to try and make this work. And, and let's be straight, the chairman, we've had this conversation, hope he doesn't mind me saying it. Mm. It would be a damn sight easier for the chairman to go and spend 75 grand to have a box at Middlesbrough or Man United and the game, when they lose a game, to be fed up on the Saturday night on the way home, but forget about it on the Sunday. But the reality here, with multiples of that going into running the football club, is he thinks about it all week and the next week after and the week after that again. And so that's that's the responsibility which is on Craig, Richard and myself to make sure we do him justice and the fans. So Richard, obviously Mark's talked about it there, you, so you alluded to it in, in your first answer, but in terms of your priorities right now, where do they yeah. lie? Okay. Um, I just go on a little bit, if I may, yeah, first yeah. from some of the. In some of our discussions, Craig and I, I've said to him, why didn't you take the job in December? Right. You know? Because that would have been the easiest thing to do. But I think he will admit that if he'd done that, I wouldn't be here. And. Now that I'm here and we're here, he feels very comfortable that he can take the job. That's 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 the first thing. The second thing is is that 
it's our job now, Mark and I, and Craig, of course, with results, to create, reinvent a football club that the chairman is still happy to donate money to. Yeah. Yeah. Because without him, where would this club be? You know what I mean? And if he doesn't see signs of progress, yeah. then you have to ask the question, how long will he continue to donate that money? So that's the major reason why we've made this decision. All right? If I genuinely felt that the chairman was ready to pull the trigger, either this week, next week, or the next month, I would have sat here, let him sack me, take my money, and walk off. I haven't done that. Right? So, there is so much work, so much structure, so many processes that need to be in place to make the 95 minutes that the supporters see on a Saturday as good as it can be. And a major part of that is for the manager to be comfortable that he knows everything that's been done in the week in terms of preparation has been done. So my job now is to focus on performance, not the result. That means a performance environment that gives us an opportunity to develop and improve the individuals that we have. That's going to be a big chunk of my work. So sports science, analysis, uh, the medicine, the physio, the whole bit. And people say, well, surely that's being done. Well, I think my statement, you know what I mean, pretty much says that not in the way that I want it done. So we'll change that. Um, we need to develop a recruitment department and strategy and structure that takes out as much of the risk that you possibly can. That's a big chunk of work. So already starting to think about who we keep, who we target, who we think about bringing in in the summer. Massive piece of work. Mark's already alluded to the academy. Um, we have to reinvent the academy. We have to put structures in place and a business plan in place that the chairman can believe in so that we can still produce players, but also it doesn't cost us money. And a big piece is making sure that we've got the right staff in the right places. They know what their expectations are. They know what their scope of work is. They're delivering, they're being, their performance is being reviewed. Um, and collectively we can get a working environment that everybody knows what each other's doing. Mm -hmm. A multidiscipline environment is the catchphrase. All right? You can't have that if the integration between departments isn't right. Right? I suspect it isn't, but I'm going to find out. So I'll challenge every member of staff, everyone, including Craig, everyone. What's your job? What do you think your job is? Are you doing enough? Show me what you do every day. Tell me what it is. Do you think that's enough? Can you do better? What more can you bring? So, yeah, as Mark has already alluded to, there's a lot of work there. And, and it's about value for money. So part of that, let's, let's look at everything that we do and make sure that we get value for every pound that we spend. And I think that's something you said when you first came in, Richard, to, to the players and what have you. But 
So, so again, the reality. So, we're, it looks like we're in this league next year. Let's be honest. So, the, we lose our parachute. No. Yeah. Not give it up. No. Not give it up. Just yeah. being negative. But, so, so not going up means that we lose our we lose our parachute payments from the FL, which means a quarter of a million quid less in funding next year. Like There's that. only one place that's coming from, and that's that's, that's let, the chairman. And so. I'll listen. I'll let, I'll let Craig finish up on what I'm going to say here, right? But look. Unless, unless we create an environment that's working in the right way, it's very difficult for any club to reinvent itself. The big, big opportunity of dropping out of the Football League should make everyone in the organisation look very, very closely at themselves and look very, very closely at what they're doing and whether it's appropriate in terms of going, what should happen going forward. So when the chairman openly asks me are you comfortable with this or that or that or that? I can say to you honestly and everyone honestly, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. But it's very difficult to focus on that when you're laid in bed at night thinking, do I play him or him? Are we going to play like this or are we going to play like that? When I'm having to spend so much time watching the opposition on Scout 7. When I'm having to spend so much time looking at players because we don't have a list already in place. So that's, that's a major reason why I felt that I need to help create the correct environment so that Craig as the manager can arrive at 3 p.m. on a Saturday, very comfortable that everything's being done, that they can go on the pitch and perform. And that really is what my role now becomes. In terms of that, I mean, having the back in a robust team behind you of people who not only you trust, but you, you know, you have that support network is something that was probably missing, it's fair to say, when you were manager last time. Well, Does that give you I would think that was an understatement. Um, it gives me massive confidence because it's something I haven't had. Um, I know I've got to win over a few, a few fans a few doubters which is you have to in every football club the only way I'm going to do that is by results and performances particularly at home um, I want to make it exciting I want to give something some people can come and watch and, and enjoy it that's what it was before you know you think of the games under you you know during the period where this club sadly has been going downwards the, the shining light performances have been under your management I think it's fair to say you know the one that stands out in our best performance in years is away at Markham yes yeah, Morecambe and, and the Grimsby ones, and, and the Grimsby away yeah. Orient, I think as well. And we, yeah. but we we had some really good players, and and I always felt if we persevered and if we'd we'd added two or three more to that, then we wouldn't have been a million miles away with that squad. If you look at all the squad now, they're all still playing in the league. There's a couple in the Championship. Hodge yeah. still scoring goals. You know, Nathan Thomas got sold to Sheffield. Trevor Carson's up in Scotland doing really well, um, despite his injury. Obviously, we want him to get well soon um, so there's a lot of we had a lot of good players back then but I didn't have the support behind me to do it and then when you're coming in and, and players have uh, have gone um, and you or, don't know or about in. it or, yeah, or come in <laughs> then it, it's, it, it makes the job a, a million times tougher um, so for them reasons and I go back to, to what the chairman Mark Richard have said you know do, do you want to be a manager yes where are you going to go that you'll get a support system like is here where you'll trust people where you've got 
the experience of Richard to lean on, I'd, I'd be lucky to get that anywhere, anywhere. Um, so it has made me, you know, I have I've looked at myself, what do I want to do? I do want to manage and I, you know, I love the coaching and I've made no secret of that fact, so why wouldn't I do it here? With all that, in, all that in place. But like I say, I've got to win people over by performances on the pitch. You know, they they don't want to come and and be bored every week. I want to make something exciting where they, you know, if, listen, we might get beat, but if we get beat, having a goal and showing a bit of passion and, and showing a bit of a bit of flair, then that's that. I'm not saying it'll do me because I want to win the games and and I, I don't want this club to be in in this league. But like Richard said, it's a, it's a tough, tough league to get out of, and it needs a proper club behind you. Which hopefully in the coming months we'll we're on our way to to doing, uh, and that's what it's all about now, Chairman, is to to make sure that you know obviously it sounds like there's a great volume of work, but as quickly as we possibly can, get to a situation where we've got the foundation to really move forward. Well, yeah, I think this year was always about consolidation. Um, I don't think anybody within the club really thought we could be generally going up but when you see 12 games and you lost one out of the first 12 you start dreaming a little bit and you start thinking hang on is it could it be possible possible um reality is it wasn't and we are where we are um but yeah i think <clears throat> this year now is just all about planning for next year and that is where I think Richard's got a big, massive part to play in that with with Craig and Mark behind the scenes. Um, that's where I think you know Richard just touched on it there. That I need the confidence that yeah, where you know we we're heading the right way. We're making making big strides in the right direction. That's important because what we couldn't do is you know stay in this league and be no further forward. That's when it upsets me a little bit when when you hear comments. Um, from the, some of the fans, I, I might add, that you know the club's a shambles, and I, I read a comment somewhere. Well, you know, you need a chairman who's hands-on and who, who, who comes. In. Well, where's the money going to come from if I'm I'm here Saturday full time to to go into the club? And I think you know, and if there isn't chairman who can come in here full time and put put the same amount of money in, well, let's speak to him. If, if somebody's got a better idea so yeah, I think people need to trust us a little bit the fans have got their everybody around this table keeps saying the fans have got their um, part to play uh, I think Richard said in his last podcast five six matches in money out I mean what is all that about um, incident about Mark Noble you know the, the lads misplaced a couple of passes he goes still still has the you know respect for the fans cheer him and they're booing him now Liam, Liam, sorry. You say Mark Noble. Did I, I thought you were moonlighting. We'd have a right, right, We'd have a right chance of Mark Noble. Well, it's been unfair. We've got to hear Mark. We've got to hear Mark. We've brought Mark Noble. We, we, I we, think that was the chair of 73 who was chairman of West Ham. We're aiming high. We're aiming high. No, Liam Noble, sorry about that. So I mean, how do those fans think that's going to help the lad? You know, we've got a lot of young lads in the in the side, and we need to develop them and booing them is not going to help. And I understand the fans' frustration. I keep hearing, you know, we've had 10 years of this. Well, just go down the road, speak to Sunderland fans, go to Blackpool, ask their fans. So there's a story everywhere. We're frustrated, but that's nobody's fault around this table. But we're trying, we are desperately trying to, to make strides. And, and these are the things that where, you know, a lot of the fans don't know what's going on behind the scenes. And that's the reason for these podcasts. 
and marks try to be open, but then I've, you know, flip side of that, they'll use that against you as well. You know, oh, Mark's only window dressing this, Mark's only window dressing that. So I think people need to cut us some slack. Um, and, and, you know, everybody is pulling the same direction behind the scenes. And hopefully, hopefully you'll start seeing it on the pitch soon as well. And that, and we all understand, well, nobody's naive enough around here to thinking, well, yeah, it could be a well-run business, but the team's not performing. Everything is, you know, results-driven. We know that, we understand that. From your point of view, I guess you knew you when you when you arrived at the club there was going to be skeletons in the closet. I guess in some yeah. re- regards. I mean, obviously we spoke about one in the podcast, didn't we? And the the, the VAT on the season tickets, the, the issues like that that you've had to clear off. No fault of your own, but that's money that yeah, yeah. possibly could have been yes, spent definitely, elsewhere. Definitely, definitely. I mean, we won't mention no figures, but you know, I think it's been well documented out there. What sort of money I thought. I'll, I'll, I'll commit to up front when Jeff and uh, the Sporters Trust came to see me at the very first meeting. Now, you know, I don't want anybody to get frightened, but that money's already gone in. That's been in now, last two couple of months. So now we're going to have to find some more money, which is what I'm doing. But all I'm saying is, and I, look, don't get me wrong, I'm not ready to walk away or I'm not panicking yeah. but I think we just need the town and the fans they've got their part to play as well and, and we, you know I can understand their frustrations but they've got to understand what we're trying to do here as well you know we made the decision this week now we all feel genuinely feel it's the best for the football club now whether it's the right decision and wrong I don't know only time will tell so you know last, last year Matty he made it very difficult for us because of the results. So we decided to run with Matty. Now people are saying, well, you know, they shouldn't have given the job in the first place. Well, if we did and the, the next manager didn't work out, would that be the right decision? Then they would have said, well, Matty kept you up, why didn't you just give him the job? So, you know, it sounds like I'm having a bit of a bit of a moan. I suppose I am. <laughs> I suppose I am. But, you know, I think people need to cut people a bit of slack around the club. You know, Mark, Richard... And uh, Craig, you know, we're all trying to do something here that everybody, hopefully in due course, will be proud of. But it takes time. It takes time. And, and Craig, obviously now focusing on the, the team matters, a big game this weekend. And now when you came into the, the care Why did you have to go and spoil it and talk about the game? <laughs> <laughs> That's the best bit. <laughs> um, obviously, when you came into the, the caretaker role last time, you had some success. I mean, that, that home game against against Dagenham was probably the, the best we've played at home all season wasn't it we end up with nothing that's football isn't it I mean it's you know I come away from that game really disappointed mm. you know, obviously the substitution that held me hands up for was was something that you can't legislate for at times um, but listen we we done enough in that game to, to give everyone a good Saturday regardless of, of the result they'd seen a team that Ran forward, passed the ball forward, showed a bit of passion, a bit of fight, played well, um, had lots of shots at goal. It was exciting to watch. So to to say it was a disappointment after that game, not getting the three points, let alone getting beaten the game, um, would have been a massive. Uh, it was a massive kick in the teeth to us, and it was a massive kick in the teeth to the lads. Showed massive character to go away the next weekend at Maidenhead mm-hmm. away, which difficult conditions. It was a tough pitch. It was windy. It was. It wasn't great conditions, but won the game quite comfortably. Um, I think my job now is to to get some points on the board and 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 play in a way where I I, I what well, I like you know I like 
I'm an attacker, and I, I like yeah. to attack, and I, I'm a little, I can be a little bit gung-ho at times, but that's why I've got Richard here, who is a defender, <laughs> to, to rein me in a little bit. Um, but listen, it's all about results, isn't it, on, on the pitch. I've got to get some performances, some results and some points on the board, and that'll be my, my short-term, short-term goal um, from Saturday. Right, well, we'll finish this afternoon's podcast with uh, our usual Mythbuster uh, section. Now, um, one that has been doing the rounds the last few weeks, probably in straight to you and uh, to Richard and to Craig, I suppose, is the, the direction it's going. Because lots of people say, and Craig Ignat on the bench, Richard Money was bought in as a, as a puppet. He, he was just pulling the strings. Craig Ignat was pulling the strings behind the, the scenes there. He was picking the team, doing all the work. Is that right? Absolutely true, of course. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you think I went to the chairman on Sunday? So I'm not working like this anymore. <laughs> Well, I was telling him who to pick, so it's you then. I thought Bruno was giving advice. <laughs> but that, that, was, that couldn't have been further from the truth. Mark, let me say this. Whoever wants to say that can ask anyone in football who knows me. If they genuinely think that I work like that or would allow that, I can tell you now, I'd have walked out the next day. I think that cut it's it Are you sure? There's no truth in that. And um, yeah, the second one that I spotted last night, I actually reacted to it on, on Facebook because I saw this, that someone suggested that the podcasts we do were all scripted. Now, I've got to tell you, this is programme deadline day on a Thursday for me. I have not got time to script the podcast. I think, <laughs> listen, you've given me four sheets here. It's, it's too much. Uh, I don't think this podcast is scripted. <laughs> yeah. this? What's this? What's this? Oh, this is not helping, gents. This is not no, helping. No, no, no. <laughs> no, well, I think that's it. That, that's rubbish. <coughs> I'll just say that's rubbish. And I think anybody who's listened to the content of all of the podcasts will understand that it's as spontaneous as it possibly could be and and without getting too serious about it and I think the chairman alluded to this a few minutes ago I think if anybody can tell me a club out there that is prepared to be more open more transparent come in immediately issues arise and address them in the way that we do at this club at this moment then I'd be delighted to see which club that is because I in, in my experience in football and I'm sure that's the case for these fellas I can't think of any club that is is more straight talking than we are, and and will continue to be so because there's going back to the honesty and the openness between the four of us. There's nothing that we can be scared or should be scared of answering on the basis that we're always making decisions for the right reasons in the right way, and so we'll always tell it how it is, and people will agree or disagree or misinterpret it or whatever the case may be. But we've no need to script it because we can just be straight and. So long as we've got the continuing support of the fans and of the chairman, then we'll continue to be honest and we'll continue to put it out there um, in a way that other clubs certainly won't. Brilliant. Yeah, I think just touching on that, to Mark as well, that you know, the fans can blame whoever they, 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 they feel like blaming, but the fact remains we are a million miles away from where this club was and I wasn't even here but some of the stories that you hear as you say some of the stuff that's come out the out the cupboard some of the yeah. skeletons that have come out the cupboard it, it, it's just you know horrifying so that when you hear comments like shambles different people and nothing's changed it does upset upset you and I'm not saying don't get me wrong I'm not saying that that's the general 
you know, general public or the fans, it's the odd ones, but it does affect people when you're trying to do something. And look, everybody's upset. The players are upset on, on a Saturday. You mean to tell me the players are not trying to, you know, win games? Because that's what they want to do. That's what the, where they get the buzz from. So we're all trying. And, and I think you just need to be persevere. We all need to be in it together. That's all I'm saying. And, you know, cut the players, the team, some slack. As much, You might be frustrated, but that's the only way we're going to get anywhere if we just all stick together. And, you know, if we start pointing fingers at each other and blaming each other, then we all know where that happens, what happens there. And, you know, it, it's a big rift between people. And, and we haven't blamed each other around the table. A grown-up conversation. Look, guys, what's the best way forward? We've done it. We've been honest with each other. Yeah, fans are upset, but you know, just bear with us. Brilliant. Well, I think that's a great note uh, to end on the podcast this afternoon. As ever, if you want to get in touch, you can do that. If you've got any questions you'd like us to address in the next podcast, then send them through to media at hartlepoolunited.co.uk. If you've got any uh, MythBuster. Uh, topics that you'd like us to discuss as well and send them through as well but for now that's the end of the Hartlepool United podcast thanks to the chairman Raj Singh to our chief executive Mark McGuire the first time manager Craig Hignett and uh, the director of um, the longest title in football operations history Richard Money Um, and thank you for everyone who's listened